0: You are listening to Ideas and Leaders Podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders Podcast. Today, my guest is Jane Hansen. She's an Emmy Award winning television journalist and coach, and she has spent over 30 years helping people learn to communicate better. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation with Jane.
1: Hi, Jane. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders. Thank you so very much, and hello, Warsaw. It's one place I've never been. I must come. Yes, feel invited to, to Warsaw, Poland, where I'm
0: based, so... so- <laughs> Jane, tell us your story, please. It is so interesting. So, why you decided to start helping people to communicate
1: better and how how you do it? Tell us more. Well, I grew up in rural Minnesota, kind of in the middle of the prairie. If anybody knows the show, Little House on the Prairie, where I grew up is very close to where that takes place. So it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And as a kid, all I ever wanted to do was see the world and be a journalist. And so, For almost 30 years, 27 years or so, I worked for the NBC networks, mostly in New York as a reporter and anchor and telling stories and and doing all of that. And I did a lot of speaking, um, a lot of panel moderation and emceeing and all of those things. And one day when I was coming off the set with a guest, they said to me, I didn't get to say what I wanted to say while I was on your show. And a light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, you know, I know how to people help people do that. I know how to help create wonderful messaging. I know how to get people on the right track if they're even if they're if they're giving a speech or if they're being interviewed or if they're doing a presentation or whatever it is. And so I realized that all my many years on television helped me learn how to communicate really well. Um, especially in today's world where we're using Zoom all the time because when we're using that we're really kind of on TV. So I fell into it naturally this coaching part and I really wanted to help people be able to deliver their messages in ways that are compelling and memorable and that resonate with their audiences. And so that's why I became a coach. And it also meant that I could set my own hours. I didn't have those television deadlines anymore. And for me, it just kind of meant the world to be able to create something that could bring um, to help pe- help people get to the next level of where they want to be in their business and in their life.
0: Wow! Yes, you're definitely an expert in this. And uh, you know, when when uh, we are watching TV, we we think that all of those people they're so confident and. They're amazing speakers, communicators, you know, eye contact with the camera and all of this. It, when you started your, your career as a TV journalist, were you confident speaker immediately or did you, how did you gain this
1: confidence? Well, first of all, I think, I think it takes a while. I think in any business of any sort or anything you try to do, I mean, you don't sit down at a piano and play it automatically beautifully and or a golf swing or soccer or whatever it is you can't do it without some gaining some expertise and learning you know learning just learning how to do it so no i was not all that confident and it it just takes a while but i have a degree in broadcast journalism so i studied it when i was at college and i think that helped me at least learn kind of the basics. And then I learned a lot by trial and error. Of course, I made mistakes on the air. Of course, there were times when I wasn't necessarily as well prepared as I could have been, or maybe I stumbled because it was a live breaking news situation, but it just takes time. And I think it's that way with anything. You have to figure out how can I keep growing and learning in whatever I do? And that is the key to success no matter what business you're in. And it's the key to success in personal life as well. We have to grow and learn, right? Wouldn't you say so? Yes, definitely.
0: And I think that it is very important to, uh, to realize that uh, TV presenters and celebrities and, and all of those people, politicians, uh, that are so confident and they that are great communicators they started somewhere and they had to to learn step by step
1: and gain this this confidence as as yeah, they practice yeah right? absolutely. Um, one of the things I used to do is I would stand in front of a mirror and I would read my script or whatever it was and you know watch myself. But now everybody's got one of these, you know a phone. All you have to do is, I mean, I really want to tell your audience this, that practice using your video on your phone. So just tape yourself. Nobody else ever has to see it. And you will recognize very quickly what you're doing well and what you're doing that's not so good. The only thing I would caution you is don't be too self-critical because sometimes we look at ourselves on video and go, Ah my voice or my hair or I hate how I look, I hate how I sound, or or that wasn't clear at all. But just pick one thing each time you look at a video. Pick one thing that you think needs some improvement. And then with that one, then work on that and incorporate that every single day into what you're doing. And then the next time you video yourself, pick another thing. And by the time, you know, if you keep this process, it's almost like practicing, you know, again, practicing the piano. Just look at it and then you'll be able to judge and see, wow, I thought I was so good at that, but that didn't sound great at all. Or that was much better than I thought. So just do that. You'll be surprised at how much it helps you.
0: Yes, that's a great tip. And I totally agree with it, that every every recording that we see we can find something to improve. Definitely don't focus on everything that is bad, but on one thing that we can improve. And also I would add on top of this that we can also focus on what we are doing good. You know, I think that many people they are so critical. They're they, are, they say, Oh, I'm awful. I look awful and my voice and this and that. But we need to find those things that are we are doing well as well, and focus both on what we want to improve, but also on those good points. Right? It's a call. It's
1: called loving yourself, <laughs> because we, as we're growing and learning and and thriving and moving forward, you have to be your own best self advocate, and that means giving yourself the same kind of empathy and an appreciation that you would give to a friend if a friend asked you to look at a video or, a, or one of your business peers and said what do you think you would not just go this is bad this is bad this is bad this is bad." you'd say i loved how you said that but i think this little thing you have the you know maybe you'd say oh but you have this bad habit and it's kind of distracting so maybe try to get rid of that you 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 wouldn't you know, so be as kind to yourself as you would be to somebody else. Yes, this is a great,
0: great advice. So, Jane, and when you're working with your coaching clients, what are the the most important aspects and areas
1: of communication that you're focusing on? Well, I focus on three things: who are you talking to, meaning who's your audience? What are you saying, and that's your content. And then the third thing. Is how are you using your body language? And out of those three, first of all, you can't, every audience is a little bit different. And while your message may be the same, you have to tailor it to your audience. And sometimes people forget that. They'll say the same thing to somebody who's over 50 that they would say to a 20-year-old. It just isn't going to work. Or maybe they'll they'll be speaking to a group of men and a group of women and they don't they don't you know switch it up so that it appeals to that audience. So You got to know who you're talking to to make it work. And then your content has to be super clear. It's uh I love this Maya Angelou quote and she said, "People will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel." And so this notion of how you make people feel, if you're selling something, you're never going to persuade people unless you make them feel that they need that service, that they need, you need that product, that it's of value to you, and that they can trust you so that that content has to be great. But out of all of those things, your body language actually has the most important. How are you delivering it? So I really focus on that Uh, eye contact. How are you looking, especially virtually? Are you looking at the camera? Are you looking off? Because if you're doing that, it's like you're not speaking in person. You need to have great eye contact with people because eyes are the gateway to the soul. Eyes don't lie. Uh, How are you using your hands and your gestures? I'm putting mine up here a little bit, which I ordinarily wouldn't do virtually, but just so that you you understand that hands become very important. And we don't we don't want them to be distracting, but your gestures have to be in sync with what you're saying. Then your facial expressions are you smiling? Are you when you say you're excited about something? Do you act excited? Does your voice have variety? Because if I say, Elena, I have a very exciting story to tell you. You're really going to like this story. Are you, aren't you thinking this story sounds like a loser to me? So you have to speak with variety and and take some pauses to let things sink in. So there's just all of this stuff that we do innately that we don't even realize. For example, I've talked about how when you're on a Zoom call, for example, it's very much like being on television. I learned a long time ago when I started my television career that the camera drains about 30% of your energy, which means you need to amplify. And so when you're on a, a Zoom or whatever other you know platform you're using for a, a conversation like this, you need to amplify your energy so it resonates, so it, it, so it resounds in a way. And that's important to do too. So there's a lot of tricks. And some people are afraid to use them because they think it might be You know, corny or silly, or people will be disparaging about it. But the truth is, really great speakers use their body language effectively. So think about that too. It's important.
0: Yes. A lot of great tips here, a lot of wisdom. So, dear listeners, please write down. Uh, I know that TV presenters, they're amazing in this. Last, last year I was on TV to speak about one of my TEDx events and I was invited. And we just had casual conversation in between with, with, with the guys uh, from the morning television and uh, what we we're going to speak about. And then when cameras are on, immediately they change. Eye contact only with the camera, energy in the voice. And it is like a different person. And I was like, whoa, I'm still the same person. I see completely different people over there. And I think that, you know, many business people who have to give do presentations on Zoom or in person with their teams, they're, they want to adopt this style, but they are afraid a little bit. They don't want to be too much. They don't want to be over the top day. Or oh, maybe they will think that it is too much at the meeting. If I start having too intense eye contact, for example, or if I start speaking too emotionally or with too much enthusiasm. So, how do you work with with uh, such clients when they when you hear this? What what would you answer to such an argument?
1: Well, for one thing, I think you need to be authentic. You have to be yourself. If if when a camera comes on, you become a different human being, it's not natural for you. I mean, I talked about amplifying your energy, uh, but I also want you to think about you're still you. So if you try to become all of a sudden, you're like, no, I'm going to be formal, Jane, that's going to sound weird. But you also want to sound confident and you want to be perceived as knowledgeable and an expert and truthful and all those things, I still think you need to be authentic because that's that's really important. I believe that a television camera, for example, can read right through it when you're not being your honest self. I really do. I've seen it happen time and time and time again. And I've always tried to be my honest self on t- television. You do have to, sometimes when you're delivering terrible news, you have to take on a different persona because it's there's a tragedy going on and you have to allow that seriousness, that somberness of the moment take over. But what I try to do with people is to also help them become a little bit more animated and be more open and vulnerable and another little trick that i suggest is when you're taping yourself i want you to practice being overdramatic. dramatic tape that as well and then compare the two tapes when you're set or videos when you're saying exactly the same thing but in one case you're delivering it maybe like you usually do and in the other one you're delivering it in using a lot more drama in your energy and a lot more, maybe some more gestures, maybe some more things, because I think a lot of us are afraid to let maybe our real personalities show through. I will be willing to bet you that you like the version where you're more dramatic than the one where you're not. And you may feel like you're really pushing it, but surprisingly, it doesn't look that way. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody go out there and pretend like they're on stage and being, ah! but I am suggesting that you can take it further than than you are because you have that ability. Think about it like this. When we read books to children, we take on the voices of the characters. And when we say, the big bad wolf is coming, you know, we, we really emphasize But we lose that as we grow up because we the the kind of the playfulness or the willingness to kind of open up like that goes away. We can take some of that and put it back into how we're presenting ourselves. And it's very effective.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that there is an issue that we play roles in different environments Mm -hmm. and very often in at work, for example, business leaders they put on this mask of a professional. I'm a professional leader, I'm very serious, I I'm very knowledgeable. And that's why, you know, using storytelling or using emotions or exaggerating sometimes it is not professional. And that's why they kind of put this mask on it. I haven't I've even seen such situations when the person is very positive smiling and uh, but when he's with his team and uh, w- when he's doing presentations he's very serious not smiling at all and i think that this is often the case so what would you recommend to how because it is hard to get over such pattern and just change what would you recommend how we can start working on ourselves
1: to be more of ourselves when we're presenting? Well, I think you have to take a chance. And I think you can build it into, for example, if you're doing a presentation where you have some slides, like PowerPoint slides or something, build into it places where you can tell a story. And storytelling, by the way, is one of the greatest ways to get messages across because they create imagery in our head and then we remember it you become much more memorable if you tell a story instead of recite a lot of data so stories are a really good way and when you're telling a story that's where you can put some emotion into it it becomes it's very natural part of storytelling and storytelling has been part of us since mankind began i mean we never we didn't have spoken language until 160,000 years ago and so um, we told stories through pictures and drawings and things, and then, and then when we did start, did start speaking, that's how we know our history. We didn't even know if it's accurate because we didn't have books then. But um, storytelling is a really wonderful way of getting out of your shell. And then, why would you stop smiling if there's? I mean, not smiling is a, is appropriate when the subject matter demands it, but when it doesn't, then I'm all for having a great smile and showing, you know, because a smile brings warmth. It 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 completely lights up a room. It makes you become a more appealing and credible. Studies show, in fact, it was a TEDx study that, um, or TED Talk study that showed when you smile, you become more credible and likable. So think about that. We want to be likable. It's a very important part of leadership. People want to work for people they like. So smiling should be a very normal and natural part of what you do. Yes,
0: definitely. Definitely. It is very important to to introduce a smile to our communication in the workplace. And very often, you know, things the thing that is stopping us from smiling or from using our gestures from eye contact... Is a stress because many people are stressed and they feel this tension. So, mm-hmm. what would you recommend how to get rid of this
1: stress before an important presentation? So, there's a bunch of different things you can do. One is prepare, prepare, prepare. I think that's really important. When somebody says to me, Oh, I just fly by the seat of my pants, I'm like, Whoa, well, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> So, good prep and understanding who your audience is is crucial. Then, as you're preparing, think about places in the presentation. And I have my clients, and by the way, I usually don't have them have whole written scripts, then bullet points, because if you have a whole script, you memorize it, then you forget something, and then you get rattled and you go down a rabbit hole, right? Mm -hmm. But if you are, Um, if you've got bullet points or something, mark them up. Put a smiley face, like here's a great place to smile. Or or if you're going to be walking, um, or if you want to make some movement, do some strategic walking, mark that up, say, you know, put walk here or something. Use practice with your script really well. Know what you want to do when you want to do it. And take the words that you really want to stress and make sure you underline them or put them in capital letters so you make sure you hit those words. Another thing to think about doing is in your rehearsing and practicing, pause. A pause is the ta- time it takes to tap your foot. And if you pause, it makes people sit up and take notice. And it's, it's a great way of avoiding crutch words and things like that. Then just before you make the presentation, I want you to breathe, and I, I like a little exercise of breathing in for three counts, holding it for three counts, and breathing out for three counts, and you do it three times. And it tends to get the butterflies out of your stomach, it relieves a lot of the stress, and it makes, and it even makes your voice deeper because of the way in which you've been breathing with this exercise. So that's a really good way of, of, of preparing. And then another thing is to do these power poses, like where you just, you're off in some room, but I don't want you to do this in front of the audience, obviously. But, you know, just put your arms up in the air and and your feet wide apart and hold that pose for about a minute. And it makes you feel bigger and stronger and more full of life. So try that. Um, And then focus on your purpose. Because one of the things that happens to us As we start to think, why am I the one here speaking? What if I screw up? What if they judge me? What if this? What if that? Blah, 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 blah. So if you focus on why you're there, it really, truly helps. So think about your purpose. Uh, There are numerous studies that show that once we do that, everything else just flies away. All that tension and all that stress. And then get out there and be like you're having a conversation that's it
0: yes it all seems so easy when you mention it but i think that when you use uh when we use those tips definitely it will become much easier for our listeners as well the breathing technique is amazing and powerful po- poses so dear listeners please Take notes and <laughs> let's use this before our next presentation. So, Jane, to sum up our conversation, what would be your main takeaways, your main tips
1: for our listeners to remember? I would say the most important thing is that you focus on what it is you want people to walk away from, your presentation or your speech or whatever it is your meeting your panel what's the main thing what's the key message and then never lose sight of that throughout the course of the conversation because leaders and people with great ideas your audience isn't going to remember that much they're not going to remember every word and if you're lucky they're going to take maybe two things away from it So keep focusing on what is the main purpose of you being there. And then when you get anxious, remember, you're the one speaking because you're the expert. So if you forget to say something, if you lose your way, it doesn't matter because they don't know that's what's happened. So simply rely on your own instincts. If you're the one speaking you're there because you know this information really well so just use that have the confidence to believe in yourself know that you're there because you deserve to be there and then just do it does that make sense yes absolutely
0: absolutely it is so inspiring and Thank you so much for for reminding us about this because if we are speaking, people are there to listen to us and Mm -hmm. actually they want to listen to us. So it is very important to remember about that and not to focus on our stress, but to to focus on on the audience and on on this value that we're giving them. So Exactly. Yeah, thank you, you, Jane, so much for for the inspiration. I know that your course is coming up, your online course on... uh, um, On
1: body language, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure, it's got all kinds of tips from uh, at, and for both in person and virtual, because so many of us are speaking this way now. It's through Gen Connect University, Gen Connect U, and that's where you'll be able to find the course. I really tried in there to give some super concrete tips about how to use your body effectively, because it's important. And I wanted to make it easy and fun and yet very compelling, because if you do the things that I suggest in there, I think it'll really help you enhance your ability to communicate. And of course, I love coaching people. So um, I know we're going to put links to, you know, there's going to be links, there's links to everything here. So just take a look at them. Look me up. Look at me at Instagram and and, um, uh, LinkedIn and all those good places because it's all fun. Yes, we'll definitely put all the links under this episode for people
0: to reach out to you, to contact you for coaching or just to ask a question. And also we'll put links to your course when it is out. Thank you so much, Jane, for being on Ideas and Leaders. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for sharing your experience and all of your
1: wonderful tips. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders.